Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 911, what's your emergency? I can't find Captain Nash and his wife's cruise ship. Somebody Tonight, 911 comes to ABC. If we're going to make it out of here, we got to work together. Tonight at 9 on ABC, followed by 7 News at 11. She was hired to fix DC's 911 problems. It was the worst I'd ever seen. But instead says she was fired for exposing the failures. The blame belongs in leadership. Now the I-team digs into what fueled the mayor's decision. Tonight on 7 News at 5. Wowie, we got ourselves an episode. Welcome to Riverdale Roundup. What happened? <laughs> what happened? What and happened? We both we both watched this last night, and still I had to relook it up. I'm like, what did happen? Oh, a hundred million things. Yes, economics, baby. A real life lesson in inflation. Thank wow. you, Riverdale. How do you feel about, let's start it off, how do you feel about the Veronica bucks that are now being printed by Veronica Lodge to save the economy of Riverdale? I honestly have way too many feelings about this, and I feel like it's going to be like on this week's page seven where I was starting to write a PhD dissertation. Like I love it. I, I uh, Oh, it's tough. It's So on the one hand, it's very mixed emotions, because on the one hand, I love... Um, highlighting how artificial currency is. And I love the idea of just being like, make your own economy. Uh, Riverdale's cut off from everything else. Make your own currency. I think that is absolutely fantastic. But I also really loved when I think it was Jughead got paid in the Veronica bucks and he was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I'm not, you're paying, this is my labor and you're paying me and money I can't spend anywhere or, or yes. except here. So I, I'm, I, and also, you know, I have to just be very skeptical of Veronica. And so I like a lot of the new Riverdale currency, Veronica Bucks. I like a lot of it in principle. I'm not sure if I like a lot of it in practice, especially because it's a bunch of high schoolers in charge of the economy, which I also like from a learning perspective. The educator in me really liked that. Sure. But it all does seem a little volatile, especially in the hands of a town that is still being run by Hiram Lodge, even though it's not even a town anymore. It's a town, not a town. All of the things in town, Riverdale not are not <laughs> what they seem. <laughs> and now Riverdale is trying to be run with $50,000 of Veronica's own money, which, of course, she got by selling one of her Glamourget eggs, because we all know, oh, you take a Glamourget egg into a 
the pawn shop. I couldn't think of the word. I wanted to see thrift store. You take it into a pawn shop. They look at it and go, of course that has resale value. In Riverdale, the town not town, everyone is jonesing their jughead jonesing to get in there and buy a Glamour J egg. And of course he had $50,000 on hand. So Veronica decided to print her own money with, with her, her own cartoon on likeness it. <laughs> on it. And uh, I guess go for her. So yeah. she gives these bucks to her students because remember, she's an economics teacher now. And she does it to save Riverdale as well as boost Pops and... La Bonne not La Bonne So that's another thing that is perhaps bad about the, the the new currency is that it can literally, I guess she doesn't own it anymore, but it still seems like there's a conflict of interest to create a currency that can only be spent at a place that you used to own. Um, like yes. that seems like a little, that seems wrong, but I guess she doesn't own it anymore. So maybe that's fine. And yeah, so she's backing. It's so funny because this, I make my brother explain how the actual economy works to me all the time. Um, <laughs> and I, and I have a, just a tenuous grasp on it. So I guess she's like the, the federal reserve because she has the real money yes. and she is basically guaranteeing the, the, the value of the fake money that she has then created. But her idea is then it will right the, the, uh, it can only she's going to pay her students for their work. <laughs> Again, all seems kind of ethically. I dubious. think that that is bad, right? Because she's like, take the money and you'll all get A's. Like the school is now being run by 25 year olds that don't have degrees in what they are teaching. However, um, I think that it is all a bit much. But go for I think that it is. If You know, it's not even remotely the least official thing happening in this episode. No. Um, I think that it's actually, in terms of like safety in the town, I think that Archie's volunteer fire department that also is a pop-up in this episode, a lot of big dreams in this episode, big ambitions. I think that <laughs> I think that is perhaps even more unsafe than creating an alternate economy. Molly, as someone that is in grad school to work for schools, how do you think a high school would probably enjoy it if the um the children, I'm going to say children, they're teenagers, but minors. The minors that yeah, are minor. in the RROTC, as well as being coerced into playing on a football team, as well as now being the volunteer firefighters of a town. Mind you, the only firefighters in Riverdale are all minors that are going to be taught by uh, the guy that knows it all, which is some fuckhead from New York that happens to be in the NYFD that comes in to teach the minors, although there's nothing to train them with. They don't have the hoses. They don't have all of the things because <laughs> Archie is running the fire department out of the boxing gym that he owns. That's gotta be illegal right making the children be the volunteer fire department <laughs> yes. the children ages 16 to 18 he says you have to be at least 16 and you have to have a parental permission yeah so uh, at least he's covering his bases i like it when riverdale gives like a nod towards the idea that high schoolers aren't adults and they're like okay you before you can come become a 
uh, unpaid volunteer firefighter um, in the town with no fire department, um, that, which is like a really dangerous job. So dangerous that all of your adult friends said that they didn't want to do it. Don't want to do it. <laughs> and also, Molly, remember, this is the same universe where three episodes ago, a miner owned a bar. A miner owned a gentleman's club. Um, so, you know, this is the same. I guess they've got different rules for miners. And every time I say miner, I do think about old man Dreyfus, but we're not talking about the Mothman yet um, because he was a miner of a different flavor. No, we're still talking about these sexy, not sexy because they're children, <laughs> firemen that are going to be children, running Riverdale. They're not they're, children. They're, t- they're teenagers. Uh, but, but they're not. They're also not teenagers. So it's okay. They're gonna do a, a a sexy calendar. And should you be uncomfortable about that sexy firefighter calendar featuring minors, seventeen year olds in the Riverdale universe? Yes. In our universe, no, because none of those people are actually minors. I assume um, because it's Riverdale, and most they're probably all the same age as Archie. You know, so probably. it's fine. But it's okay because don't worry, they're not doing anything to develop any of the high school characters. It's as if we just don't give a fuck. It's just not a show about high school anymore, even though it's set in a high school. And that's fine. I don't need to know anything about those people. But no. they're just kind of they're just kind of like faceless blobs now. Yes. I honestly don't look at them that much. And I assume that they are the same actors from the previous episodes. But if they were completely <laughs> other actors, I would have absolutely no idea. I do not look at them in the face. I just absorb what is happening in the episode. So how is Archie paying for the firemen Of course, it is Veronica Lodge. Veronica Lodge comes in because he wants to start this fire department because Hiram keeps trying to burn (laughs) the city down. Literally. (laughs) He keeps every episode. What is this? The seventh fire in the past two episodes? Because he tried to... Remember last episode, he tried to burn down Archie's house. And now he tried to burn down... Oh, God, how funny. I'm sorry. The funny is not the right word, but um, when the homeless man comes into the boxing ring asking what all of these young men were doing in there because they are starting a fire uh, fire department. And he's just he comes in. He says whatever, whatever of, quote unquote, trying to move the plot along, even though what he said was absolute garbage like nothing (laughs) happened in that whole scene it was like why is this man still talking but now we know it was set up because he lives in the building next door that Hiram sets on fire so it'll be the first the first effort of the Riverdale minor league firefighter (laughs) team to go in and the number one thing that they were being taught is you don't do anything alone, that you always go in with a partner. You never try to be a hero. And what does Archie do? Fucking guy. He runs into the building without a hose, without anything to put out the fire because he knows that there is a homeless man inside, which, okay, preach Archie, but is that the leadership we need in a firefighter team? No, you don't just run it. That's a, the whole thing. You work together. That's the fucking point. I was so mad that that immediately happened. And I was like, no one's going to call him out. No one's going to call him out that he just ran into the fucking building. This is the problem with Archie. He ruins everything by making it all about himself. I'm sorry. 
that's harsh, but he needs to fucking stop. He's like, he's just, it's, don't pretend this is about stopping Hiram from setting the town on fire, Archie. This is a, your own personal vanity project. Yes, the entire town. And you know what? He's going to wear himself out too thin. <laughs> and I don't think it's going to be wearing himself out by having sex with Betty, which we saw none of this episode. I want more sex. You set me up for a buffet of sex and you give me nothing. Not only was there not enough sex with Betty in this episode, there was, I can't tell yet if this is good or bad, but Ooh. there was a setup that he's going to absolutely want to bang Ronnie again. Because in the end, when she drives that old fire truck in, he's like, thanks, Ronnie. And he was obviously <sighs> wanting the boner. So there's going to be triangle, not triangle, is back to being triangle. I'm, I am completely fine with that because we heard nothing from Ronnie's husband that lives in New York this episode, but we know that he's going to come a call in because she's going against daddy and using his money to run a town that doesn't exist. Not only that, are, am I allowed to say something that I saw in the next week on Riverdale? Please. Because I watched it on actual TV and I saw it like when it was actually airing and I yeah, finally- Yeah, I never get to see those. Tell me, tell yeah, me, tell me. Yeah, so there was a scene in the next week on Riverdale where- uh, Chet, Chad, Chadwick. Chadwick was there with Veronica and they were at a party. And uh, it. I think that that uh, all the Archie says, Archie, it's Archie confronting Chad and he goes, hey, keep your hands off her. And Chad says, excuse me. So I knew, I told you that, that Archie was going to kick Chad's ass. But the question is, is he going to kick Chad's ass and then fuck Veronica? Oh, and he's going to be upset about it, but she's too busy looking for her possibly dead sister. Remember last episode? <laughs> they found a body. Don't worry. It's one of the 22 missing women that have gone missing from Riverdale and around Riverdale for the past seven years. It's amazing that a small town like Riverdale can not only just have hundreds of abandoned children living just in the woods in the at woods. all times, but also 20-some missing girls <laughs> that have, in, in the span of seven years, that are all from a small town. Small town! And no one has accounted for them. And I get that this, like, does ha happen, like, uh, However, usually we're talking about a bigger city, bigger stretch yes. of time that serial killers can target like sex workers and whatnot and have all of these people, people, a lot of people disappear without anyone taking notice. You're talking about the town of Riverdale that has, as far as I could tell, 25 people in it. And now we're talking about 22 missing girls in seven years. And so what? they, of course, uh, so they go see still and forever the creepiest character from the Riverdale universe. Dr. Kirtle Jr. Jr. Mr. Kirtle Jr., who is just, man, I love, I need to look up this actor. The yeah. actor kills it. Yeah, he's what great. What a horror show <laughs> of a fucking <laughs> morgue runner. Yes, I said morgue runner. I couldn't think of the word. And he, so he, of course, they pay him off. They find out that it's not the girl. See, this is where, with all of these women gone missing, we see it, unfortunately, time and time again, that when people, when young girls and sometimes linked in uh, oft times linked to sex work that are that go missing. But a lot of times they don't have family to go after to, like, follow up with police and things like that. And unfortunately, that's the kind of people that people 
prey on. But in this instance, there is a woman whose daughter went missing. She had a sick-ass jacket on. <laughs> I must say, it had fur. It had cow print. It was a jean jacket, but also <laughs> had a zipper on it. It was... It was a great jacket, and I, I, we had to pause it so Jeff and I could talk about the jacket for about five <laughs> minutes. Now, I, I just really feel, so the body that they found is not her daughter, but her daughter is still missing. And um, I just imagine that usually in these kind of universes, you don't go after someone as family. Because, like, my mom would have been sitting in a police department every day for the rest of her life. If I ever went missing, like there's no way that there she would ever let it go. She would dog it down until she was dead. But all this woman did was go talk to the guidance counselor at the high school, <laughs> which, of course, is Titi. Titi doesn't know anything about any of this shit. Why are you talking to Titi about it? You can start at Titi, but you got a lot more steps to go to go try and find your missing daughter. Well, don't worry. There's only one cop in town. It's Sheriff Keller. And she did say, you know, Sheriff Keller, he tried, but he's just one man. And it's like just one man did. Right. You had so you and then you talked to Tony, who's I guess, and they said she, she was a social worker. So she's both a social worker and a guidance counselor. That can make sense. I guess maybe she worked for like a Riverdale. Like, did she work for like a community based nonprofit before? Or was she still the guidance counselor? Just moonlighting as like a victim support social worker. Also, there's just like so they get so <laughs> close to things that are real and then they just i i it it's like a 10 year old writing a story it's really great that it just like anything can happen um but you're right i didn't really catch because she was a she was a very sympathetic mother character but she did not try very hard you're right no no but she really didn't because um now of course they're gonna start finding all these bodies out in the swamp that's right outside of riverdale Thanks which again where is Riverdale that there's all of these things plus just a swamp? Yeah, just a big out in the middle. A big swamp that interestingly enough, in all of the different murders that have happened in Riverdale, the swamp has never played any sort of plot line before. But it certainly has not. Now there's this swamp and Hiram and Reggie are protecting the swamp because it's gonna be their highway to Sodale. And so Hiram won't let the Real police officer, Sheriff Keller, uh, along with intrepid journalist um, Alice Cooper and intrepid FBI, not FBI, Betty, search the swamp. <laughs> Although Betty did take out her fake badge again uh, and say, oh, this is man. FBI jurisdiction now. And Hiram saw her bluff and was like, yeah, right. No, it's not. Um, and so but then Reggie, why is Reggie being a double agent? Because Reggie was like, Hiram, maybe you should let him search. Why? Why? I don't know, double agent, because Reggie also said, because he was like, hey, Betty, well, this isn't that other missing girl, but I did find another body. So he gave her another body. We can't tell Hiram Lodge about it. But of course, Alice Cooper writes about it in the paper. So Hiram Lodge finds out, is there another serial killer in Riverdale? Is it the trash bag killer? Because now we know the trash bag killer. Right. Because remember, Betty's FBI boyfriend called her and said the trash bag killer is back. Fake ass John Krasinski FBI boyfriend. Who is that actor? Is he somebody? Every who time I knows? see him, I'm like, who are you? You look like 
Fake John Krasinski. He's another one that I've never really truly looked at that if there if he was a different person every time, I would have absolutely <laughs> no idea. I am really starting to do that with shows. I'm like, I see, I, I don't know, you are just person A. If I don't <laughs> need to know you and your existence, because so much happens in Riverdale that you're trying to piece it all together, that I ain't got fucking time for that, boy. It is, it's like a cognition test. Now. Your, your brain has to like make quick decisions about what information is important to retain and what isn't. And what to keep. Yeah. Yes. So, right. So, okay. Yeah. So I actually hadn't, I said, I can't strategize about or, or hypothesize about what comes next or what might be happening during Riverdale. Cause my brain is struggling so hard to just comprehend like what's in front of me. But what you said makes me think is that, are we probably, this is I also another thing that happens with me when I watch anything that's like a mystery is I will make an observation like I just had a really good idea and Gideon will be like, yeah, it's obviously that. Like, I, like <laughs> I'm like always like 20 steps behind. So is it going to be that the trash bag killer has been the serial killer in Riverdale the whole time? Probably <laughs> obvious. I guess, but at the same time, we've already had multiple serial killers. So, which, oh, praise be Riverdale. The fact that I have, I think that we've been screaming about when are the aliens going to come to Riverdale for a couple of years at this point. Answer to our question, it is nigh. (laughs) The Mothmen are here. The Mothmen are here. And also... Forgive me if I am mistaken, but didn't you last time say that you thought that Nana uh, Blossom had something to do with the Mothman? Me? Did I say that? Didn't you say that or did I say that? I don't know. I don't Neither one I, of us say it and been, I just said it aloud to myself. <laughs> that would have been cogent of me. It sounds uncharacteristically predictive of me. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, you know what? I'm give, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you regardless because, or maybe it was I'll someone that it. wrote in. Oh, it might have been someone that wrote in. Oh, now I feel like a bitch. I'll take it from I them. think it was someone that wrote in. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The savings rock when you find a new way to roll. Like sharing the ride to work. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others who live and work near you. It's easy and free. Plus, you can get cash and other rewards for carpooling, up to $600 a year. Get rolling on a new way to work with Rideshare. Register today at commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org. Some restrictions apply. The new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Games from the Virginia Lottery are here. The Scratcher gives you the chance to win up to $100,000. The online game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. For more information, visit VALottery.com. Welcome back. All right, Jimmy, our Army veteran for $400. Are you ready to answer the next question? Actually, I'm good. Huh? Huh? Well, I already earn and save $473 a year on average with Navy Federal Credit Union. So, yeah. 
All members of the armed forces, all veterans, and their families can earn and save more every year with a Navy Federal membership. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA. Dollar value based on the 2022 Navy Federal Member Giveback Study. Because I've been reading all of y'all's uh, theories, and it was someone that wrote in, and also mazel to, to this person that wrote in, because Nana Rose was there when Pop Tate saw the fire in the sky. It is the name of the episode when the Mothmen came before. Because remember the miners, not the fire department. I'm talking about the actual miners now. Because yes, in a town where you have a swamp, sure you can have a bunch of mines as well. I don't think that that's how the foundation of the Earth's surface works. However, there is a miner, and the miner, remember last time, all the miners were taken by the Mothmen, but old man Dreyfus didn't get taken by the Mothmen forever. All of his friends did, though. Yes. So back then, <laughs> there was another time when the Mothmen came and Pop Tate was there for it. So they interview Pop Tate to find out what happened that night. And so they saw the bright sky. It was the Mothmen, and all of the electricity started acting, acting up, except that so did the bubblegum machine, which requires no electricity. And so did a monkey with symbols that were on the <laughs> counter, which also was not run by electricity. Maybe it has something to do with the batteries. <laughs> Um, they were all, and also the Mothmen prefer listening to Chances Are. I, I don't know what happened the first time they came, but they came again, Molly. They've they come came, again. The first time they came was the time that Pop tells us about, right? And then the yes. second time they came is at the very end with Juggy. With Juggy Jugs, because he wants to know about the Mothmen. But why did the Mothmen come again? <gasps> Because, because Nana, Nana Rose, Rose preserved one of their bodies in syrup. <laughs> <laughs> because Nana Rose has a Mothman corpse in a barrel of maple syrup. <laughs> 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 So hard. And I was like, oh, fucking course she does. I love Nana Rose, man. Don't sleep on Nana Rose. She is a fantastic character. She is the clinch hitter of this season. I think that something else more has to be coming out because of my, with Nana Rose. Because you also think seven years, bitch ain't aged. I don't know how, but she looks exactly the same as she did seven years ago. And so does Pop Tate. <laughs> Whatever is in the water in Riverdale is, oh, can I have some? Can we hawk it at Sephora? So the Mothmen came back. We don't see them, but they did take the corpse back. Because Jughead, so Nana Rose speaks to Jughead and his new investigative slash fuck partner, Tabitha, and she's like, mm, oh. Not yet, but I can't wait to watch soon, it. Soon, Yeah. And she's like, oh, I kept one and I preserved it in maple syrup. Do you want it? And they're like, yeah, sure. And, yeah. So, <laughs> and so she drops it off somehow. I don't know how that, the logistics of that, the dropping off this barrel of maple syrup, but she drops it off at Pops. They take it to the back room, unsanitary, and then they put the corpse out on a, on a kind of mortuary table that they have for some reason in their back room. I guess it could also be like a 
chef's prep table and they just leave it there unattended. I mean, I guess he was there working, but like, you know, I think that this is a lapse of responsibility on Jughead's part. You have a very important artifact, which is a literal alien body. And you're just going to be like, I'll just leave this on the prep counter while I drink whiskey like a sad you boy. Don't, you don't unearth an alien corpse at the top of a shift. You do it at the <laughs> end of your shift. We don't have time for that shit. We've got people to serve coffee to. And if that is anything that as someone that was a manager of a coffee shop for a long time, that's one thing that I know. You don't unearth a corpse at the top. Wait till later. But they're the only two people that work there. So I guess they can't be investigative journalists together because they're always working and getting paid in river dollars, <laughs> um, which has got to be very upsetting. I can't believe that Nana Rose had an alien corpse. And yeah. I love that she's like, oh, I got to go find that. So what she meant meant is that she wheeled her ass out to one of the many sheds filled with maple syrup barrels to go find it alone? I don't think so. I don't fucking think so, Molly. I don't think that she's alone in doing this. Do you think it's a setup? What kind of setup? I don't even understand what the... Don't know. You think she's trying to trick him? I do. I guess we shouldn't trust her. There's no reason to trust her. I don't her. trust her. Yeah. I certainly don't trust her. But at the same time, Jughead was definitely taken up into the Mothman ship. What? Okay. So, right. So, okay. Was he? This, so the light I'm trying comes to down. The, chronology. the light comes down, and then that's the end? And no, it cuts to. Remember, he, like, the, uh, then he his tells her uh, Sunday about it. fuck buddy came in and was like, no. And then I woke up and it was 6 a.m. So he was gone for hours and knows not of what happened. Okay. Right, so he's not or, he's not abducted, <gasps> but he was maybe gone. He was gone. Okay, he was gone, and something I'm sure happened to him up yes, there. Yes, that's right. Do you think it's going to be like an astronaut's wife? Do you think that they implanted a Mothman inside now of him? Now I am and something's going to be birthed <laughs> from him. Now I am remembering that as we were watching this, Gideon was like, "There's something in his butt. It's in his butt." Um, <laughs> yeah. So that right. So he the light came. He saw it, and then and then when he tries to tell Tabitha about it, right, she's like, "Were you drinking?" And he was like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And then that's when they discover that the corpse is gone, right? Yes. Yes. And that is, uh, I mean, what do you think happened to him up there? I don't know. But in all of this talking about Nana Rose has me really thinking about the importance of us not losing track of the Cheryl TT plotline and especially the dance off. Between Cheryl and TT and and high schooler number A, yeah, who knows what this child is? Random high schooler who Cheryl insults. Cheryl's like, you look insufferable. Love to be a twenty-five year old and just fucking just ream out a high schooler who literally did nothing. You're allowed to do that (laughs) because how did TT get Cheryl down from her castle? She remember last time reopened up the vixen hole. So, of course, Cheryl comes down in her most Cheryl way and said, like Elton John likes to say, the bitch is back in town. (laughs) And then 
tried to like dance off with Titi of who will run the Vixens, but Titi's like, I'm pregnant. So a minor comes in and dances sexually towards <laughs> Cheryl while Cheryl is sexually dancing back towards her. Um, how did you feel about the dancing? See, I always worry that it's going to be like a save the last dance kind of thing where and watching it. I was like, I think that that's really good dancing, but I don't know anything about dancing. So I never know if it is another save the last dance situation. I also don't know anything about dancing and I love all choreographed dance scenes in everything ever. And so I was very excited. Um, and I also just have I just I, I really liked how TT was like, yeah, I obviously can't dance because I'm pregnant. And since she's really pregnant, I just thought that was like a fun thing where she's like nope somebody else has to do it for me not doing it <laughs> but i liked it because i like like the dance scenes the cheryl vixen choreographed dance scenes are have always been one of my favorite parts of riverdale so i enjoyed it but i don't know if it was very impressive it felt like tic-tac dancing to me you know right and but i, I also like don't dancing. know i don't know i just don't know yeah so then that's so they they dance, dance, dance. They decide to share it. But of course, then they're just butting heads because they don't really want to share it because Cheryl wants to be the head of it. And of course, this leads to them just, again, hanging out in the common room area where they used to hang out in the high school as teenagers. But now they are faculty. And I would be very weirded out if the faculty was just like sexy dancing and chillaxing where I usually went to study. But I guess that's outside of anyone's worries right now. Also, I did want to bring up the amount of time that Kevin, the, the word backdraft was said multiple times in this episode because Kevin, remember that when he's like, he's like watched backdraft multiple times. Like, we get it. He's gay. We get it. Yeah. We get it, Riverdale. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the backdraft? <laughs> and something we also haven't talked about, which we accidentally skipped over or maybe on purpose, is Archie's wartime buddy that showed up that calls him Sarge and now he's an entity of chaos that is now added into I feel like in my head they're doing with him what they wanted to do with Uncle Daddy the mercenary a couple of episodes ago that this guy shows up he's got nowhere to go he's gonna go like to some like that halfway house but he has nowhere to stay right now so he shows up at Archie's house with a rifle and a tiny duffel bag. Yep. I uh, that was fun for Jeff where um all of his family are military men. He's like, "Man, there's nothing uh, military dudes are always calling civilians civilians and always <laughs> constantly talking about um and also they definitely are not allowed to something I learned, which I didn't really know that you um you can't take the guns with you when you leave the army. That's not how it works. <laughs> and you certainly can't just have it slung over your shoulder when you're walking through a town that you don't know. But what ends up happening, this is he is chaotic because he doesn't like what's going down Riverdale. He doesn't trust Hiram Lodge. Yeah, fucking get in yeah, line. Right. You're an out- you're right. It's total Uncle Daddy too. Yes, where it's like, okay, okay, so he's like gonna go kill Hiram Lodge. 
bitch. It don't fucking work that way. We have tried to kill him many times. Right. What do you think we do here in Riverdale? Right. Yeah, he's an outsider to the ecosystem. Yeah, I knew I didn't trust him, and I couldn't tell if I was bored by him. I think I'm bored by him. I know we're not supposed to trust him. I think I'm bored by him. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, you're like, are you just a foil to like set up Archie more as like this war hero? Um, or are you Uncle Daddy too, which was a connection I hadn't made, but that's totally what he is. It's just like, oh, Archie thinks he's got a friend who he can rely on, but he can't trust anybody. He can't trust anybody. And we all remember the bear attack. <laughs> he can't trust anybody. And I don't like this man. He's a hothead. And he doesn't have a leg. And he definitely uses that, which we didn't need another, like, it's like, Sarge, here's what I would have been left out in the field if Sarge didn't. It's like, okay, Lieutenant Dan, we don't, like, we, we, we know this story. It's we a bit heavy-handed. Archie's a war hero. It's a bit heavy-handed, yeah. And I, this is like. Hey, remember when we were over there? I love that they're always saying over there and not referring to where they were or what skirmish they were involved in or what went down, but over there. He got, and he goes, I fought in a war that didn't change anything. And I'm like, this could be like actually profound, like a profound observation if we had any idea what war you're talking about. Like this just nameless, faceless war, countryless I war. Like what even is this war? But it is like a pacifist it. sentiment, I suppose. I guess I was just like, Riverdale, you are so confusing sometimes. Like, and, and I... It's one of these things where sometimes they invest time in a plot line and I'm like, is this time well spent? Is this going to turn into something or is this not going to turn? I, like, I just have no, like, I don't know what's going to happen with Jughead and the aliens. I really have absolutely zero predictions, but I'm so excited to find out. I don't know what's going to happen with this guy and I don't care. I like it. I like your your fervor against him because I also didn't know. I was like, I think I hate this character, but I don't because yeah. we, you never know. You also could just be gone next episode. We never know with Riverdale, which is part of its beauty. I don't know if it actually means anything. Will it be tied to like brother, not brother right. from three episodes ago? Who knows? Like, because we do know that you got to remember, we have Charles, we got Chick, we've got Penelope Blossom in J and the Black Hood. They're all, wait, is Black Hood finally dead? Black Hood's dead, for reals, right? Yeah, he lost his hand and he wasn't dead, but then I think he got really dead. And then he actually got, and then he in did the get dead. And then, so you have to remember, they're all cooking in prison somewhere. And I feel like they're all going to be working together. I think that there's got to be some sort of spider web over all of this to make it all make sense, but also in turn not make sense. And I do need to bring up that the AV Club included in their article a little picture of, remember, oh, I forgot that Cheryl got, caught for forgery yeah. as well only took one in this episode, episode for her to get caught that was nice was i appreciated lot. that there was a lot in this episode but before she got caught there is this picture that she must have painted that is her as a fox but like her body and her hair but the face of a fox and um someone asked the question is this a self-portrait of cheryl's fursona <laughs> and I don't know what I, I really hope something with this. Just look up Cheryl Blossom and Fox 
uh, painting from Riverdale. I bet you can find it. Very, very weird. Um, I really don't know what's going to happen with the art forgery either. Yeah, the art forgery is another plot line. I don't care about it. I don't not care about it the way I don't care about that army guy. But I, I also don't understand it. I, I just have no predictions. Absolutely zero predictions about what might happen with the art forgery. I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know what purpose it's serving. I don't know what character development it's doing for Cheryl other than to have her be like this recluse. I liked the Elsa Frozen reference that Veronica made. Uh, Elsa finally came down from the mountain. Like, so I know she's like a, a recluse or whatever, but I still don't understand why Nana Rose is making her do these forgeries. I still don't understand why it was a painting of her dead brother. I, there's so much I don't understand about this plot line. This might be the plot line I understand the least. Yes, I would. I would say that I do agree with that. I don't know where they're going to go with it, but maybe it's a way for them to make some fast money or maybe it's going to send Cheryl to prison and then she's going to start cooking up schemes with her mother in prison who knows? That would be fun. I would like. Or is a, that woman a, going to employ her to start making more forgeries, and then she in turn is going to be rounded up in some sort of bigger art forgery scam it's later? It's totally going to be that because she was like, "Ooh, I right? have a meeting to take with you." She wasn't like. It was obviously like a you're in trouble, but it's Riverdale, so it's not going to be like you're in trouble because you did something wrong. It's going to be like you're in trouble because you did something wrong, and I like it. And I like it. <laughs> you're going to make me money from it. But I think that that's all we have to scream about Riverdale. That's I think it. that's it. All 30 of the plot lines we just talked about, that's, that's it. it. From this yeah. episode. But we know what Riverdale does. It, it They have these episodes where they set up all the dominoes. And some of the dominoes might fall <laughs> next week on the next episode. Who knows which ones, though? Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't change that at all in this new time jump. It's just still just throwing shit to the wall and see what sticks. See what sticks, baby. I, I, you know, I'm here for it. I love it. I love the Mothman. I don't I love know the where it's going to go. I love it. I hope. Yes. That maybe Jughead is going to start or maybe he's going to go try and find it. So he's going to try and get the Mothman to come back so that he can do further investigation. Yep. But I just, I wish him all the best and I'm really excited. And if there is not more fucking next week, I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. There better There's be. gotta be. You hear me, Riverdale writers? Be. There they better listen, be. Listen, make us, make us see both fucks with Ronnie and Betty. Make it happen. Ooh. Yeah, and then everyone's going to be upset with each other, and I can't wait to watch Jughead banging that hottie. <laughs> oh, we got hotties in our future, and also, please, more Kevin and Fangs. I want to yes. watch them kiss more. Yes, please. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, more uh, new characters, mm. fine. At least develop the new characters. They haven't really done much to develop Tabitha's personality whatsoever. Same with Army Tabitha, Boy. I couldn't even remember her name. <laughs> So give us <laughs> give us more of the existing sexy characters kissing. 
Yes, please. But also keep up the great work, Riverdale writers, because, again, we know you're listening (laughs) to this. And we love you guys so much. I'm excited for next week to see whatever dominoes may fall. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. Fire in the sky! And we will be back soon to discuss whatever the fuck goes down. And I'm excited about it. Any parting words, Molly? (sighs) My parting words are uh, that even if you think that you shouldn't go it alone um, and you've been trained not to go it alone and in fact going it alone might hurt many other people like running into a burning building uh, you know I think you should just do it just follow your own selfish heart and do exactly what everyone is begging you not to and that is the Archie Andrews way it is the Archie Andrews way we'll see you guys next week for chapter 84 lock and key And when I just looked that up, I did see a just a big old picture of Archie with a fireman's helmet on, no shirt, and fireman suspenders. And you know what? He's not usually my bag, but y'all know how I feel about firemen. We're going to get a montage. We're going to get a montage of that calendar shoot, and that's going to be fun. Damn fucking straight we are, and we will cover our eyes when they are showing the montage of the (laughs) 17-year-olds that will be in the calendar. And that's all right. So we'll see you guys next week for Riverdale Roundup. We love you so much. Bye! This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to our studio where we have a special guest with us today, Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops. Toucan Sam, welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, and um, it's Fruit Loops, just so you know. Uh, fruit? Fruit. Yeah, fruit. No, it's Fruit Loops. The same way you say studio. That's not how we say it. Fruit Loops, find the loopy side.